Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, um, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, uh, Al Rennie the second, and the rest of the Steelers front office. As they look to put together, as I like to say, a winning roster in 2022 and beyond a roster that will compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so I think the biggest news as I go to air really is the renaming of the stadium um, to from Heinz Field to Acrishaw Stadium. Um, look, I listened to the press conference for it. I think there's a lot of hullabaloo about what it's called. Fans will call it what they want. I'm sure there's fans that still call it Three Rivers. I'm sure there's fans that did that for a long time. There will be fans that call it Heinz Field, and that's what they call it. Um, in a different sport in rugby league in Australia, um, my team, the Manly Seagulls, play at a place called Brookvale Oval. Now, over the years, that's changed sponsorships. They were very late to the sponsorship table. Um, it's in the last sort of, I think, seven or eight years they've done it. I think it was like there was a big hoo-ha, whether it was going to be called Triple uh, Tripodil Stadium. Then they ended up calling it Lotto Land. Then it was Points Bet Stadium. Um, now it's Four Pines Park, which is a craft beer here um, that's brewed fairly locally in the area. And do you think that any of me and my mates, my dad, who's who's been a Manly fan since the 1970s, cares about calling it any of those things? No, we always talk about going to Brookie, Brookvale Oval. The same thing is going to happen with Heinz Field. Um, and so I don't, uh, you know, my piece is I think it's a whole lot of hullabaloo, but, um, you know, it is where it is. You know, Big Ben's going to call it Heinz Field. It sounds like even both sides from the Steelers and Heinz are still working on a deal. So I think the source bottles will stay. Um, and reality is they've gone from getting like two and a half, three million a year to getting 10 million a year. That does a lot of funding um, for player, you know, facilities, um, you know, investment back into the area. Uh, and they're, they're really good things um, as well. Maybe it's money toward a new stadium. There was a lot of, I thought in some ways they had to be asked, but interesting questions on that, um, almost silly questions on whether the Pittsburgh Steelers would stay, um, you know, where they're located right now. In the press conference, they're not moving anywhere. Art Rooney was pretty clear on that. Um, but this money does help, um, you know, make, you know, if you were going to put a hundred million at 150 million aside, that's 10% or so um, of, a, of potentially a new stadium, um, particularly with new TV deals and all the rest of it, if you wanted to build one um, later on. But again, why would they move from where they are right now? It seems silly. Um, maybe we can get a week one matchup um, and we wouldn't have to rely on what the Pirates are doing. But I don't I don't see them moving from their spiritual home on the three rivers. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back to to what for me is just the Steelers Stadium um, when I when I can um, as international travel is resuming. But anyway, um, on to this week's podcast. Uh, really, the title should tell you what we're really focusing on today, and that's really value um, that the Steelers have based on their their top players. So for those that are familiar with this show, if you haven't caught it before, obviously we like to talk about team building and drafting. This kind of is a show that's going to like this week, that's going to combine both of those things together. And we're going to look at the players that were drafted first or second that are on the Steelers roster. Now I do have to confess. I only, I um, only included players that have really played a tremendous deal or players that were notable free agent acquisitions this year. So Kyle Joseph is a first round draft pick that is not on here for example. Um, so that that is a key thing to note as we talk through this, um, particularly. 
So the players we'll be talking through mainly in part two of the podcast are TJ Watt, Terrell Edmonds, Najee Harris, Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyson Alualu, Mitch Trubisky, Miles Jack, Anthony Miller, James Daniels, Chase Claypool, and Pat Freemuth. So a lot of the numbers that I'm going to give you in the first part to basically qualify um, how we've I've sort of attributed what value they delivered are based on the first round. But the Steelers have drafted guys in the top 60, but particularly the top 50. Um, you know, when you look at the second round picks they've got, but they've also acquired guys like Miles Jack, who was the 36th pick for the Jags. Um, James Daniels was the 39th pick for the Bears. And so I want to really look at rounds one and two combined, um, particularly as the draft is becoming a real place where it's more about the top 40 picks rather than um, and the top 50 picks rather than just that first round. The first round is becoming really you get them on that rookie deal um, or there's when you have a run at a particular position. So you might be saying, how have you attributed value? So today's numbers are going to be pretty much all based on, well, they all are going to be based on pro football references, approximation value metric. Now, this, what we like to call the AV, is a score that is giving, given in each season that is basically weighted against the against that player's performance and contextualized with performance against the league leaders um, in statistical categories. To give you an idea, um, Big Ben finished with an overall career AV of 131. Uh, so his high, his career high was a 16 in 2014. He had a 14 in 2009. He had a 14 in 2007. He had a 14 in 2017 and a 14 in 2018. He, one of the, apart from 2019, when he was injured, the only time he was single digits was in his last year with the Steelers. Um, and he almost always was, you know, over 12. I think it was like 70% of the time he had an AV over 12. Um, so pretty incredible career um, from Big Ben there. Um, but when you when you really look at it, like the AV, basically there's a lot of the scores you can go on a pro football reference and they'll talk about the AVs that guys got um, that got them into the Hall of Fame. I think Joe Green, they calculated his AV, which is hard because they had to go back and count the sacks, was like in the 130s, might have been 136. It's been a while since I looked at that metric. But for the purposes of today's podcast, because we are focusing on the first and second round draft picks, basically, um, and this number of these numbers I've sort of quoted for a while, last sort of 12 months or so at different times on this show and touchdown under as well and shows I've appeared on, mainly in reference to Terrell Edmonds, who gets slighted on having a poor, you know, not being worthy of a first round pick. But I've also proved that he's actually done pretty well from a safety position and been pretty close to that number. And in fact, I can tell you that like he's literally 0.02 away from from the average um, AV of a first round pick. So what we'll do first is I'm going to give you the outline of the average yearly AV by position for first round draft picks um, between 2012 and 2019 based on the first four years AV. So not their fifth year option. Um, so defensive end was a 6.102. So over four years, that would basically be a 24.5 kind of thing. Quarterback, 6.039. Offensive tackle, 5.983. Wide receiver, 5.979. Cornerback, 5.938. Defensive tackle, 5.927. Running back, 5.922. Outside linebacker, 
5.898. Inside linebacker, 5.857. It's important to note. Uh, Offensive guard, uh, 5.834. Safety, 5.773. Tight end, 5.543. And center, 4.954. So there are a lot of numbers at you, but basically you can sort of see the lowest number is a center, which is just below a five. And the top is a defensive end and a quarterback who are both in the sixes. Everyone else sort of ranges between 5.5, a tight end, up to 5.9 um, for offensive tackle. Now, obviously, the grading is different too because you're grading them on different statistical performances and where they're at in terms of an offensive tackle is only really letting in sacks that's going against them, whereas a quarterback throwing interceptions are also scoring touch, you know, throwing touchdowns which are and and yards which are unevenly weighted, um, and a center, you know, a lot of people get, get sacks up through the middle as well. So um, there's also things like weighted on snaps um, and and all these different things that go into this statistical, you know, AV calculation. So you might go, okay, cool. But contextually in NCAA, parts you will get into what, how the Steelers players draft in the first and second round, um, and that's players that are on the roster where they've drafted them or their acquisitions. Um, how you so what with that context? Well, one thing I can tell you is in the top half of the draft, interestingly, like I was surprised at some of these numbers. The top, uh, I'll be able to give you the average um, basically over the same period for the first, obviously the first four years. So pick number one is ranked number one in terms of the eight average AV over those four years of 8.690. Pick two ranked 13th with eight point. Um, sorry, the first rank one <laughs> was first with 8.69. So the first pick in the draft has the highest average rating. They do the best. The second top one was actually pick number 13 with an 8.155. The third best was pick five with 8.044. The fourth best um, fourth best ranking pick was pick number six with 8.0. Um, and the fifth be- best was pick number four with a 7.90. Now, interestingly, the, the you might think, well, was the 32nd pick, did that come 32nd? No, it didn't. The five worst were picks 30, 28, 26, 29, and 22, which was really interesting. Also, um, in terms of those that fell outside the top 10, pick number two had only the 10th highest average of a 6.5. Pick number seven was ranked 19th with a 5.76. And the third, the pick number three in the draft averaged a 4.97, which was 20, 20, 20, 2022, it was 22nd overall in terms of the ranking if you ranked all the 32 picks in order of the average that they delivered. Now, I guess that's a lot of numbers. But needless to say, if you're drafted in the top five, um, you are only <laughs> you only have a 20, uh, 40% chance of, being, of having a um, top five average across your yearly AV, which is pretty interesting. Like, you know, the fact that the bottom half – you know, seven, pick number seven, pick number three are all in the bottom half. Almost all the 20s are in the bottom half. It's pretty crazy, um, you know. But it was also hot, really interesting that the 32nd pick in the first round is ranked 14th. So, so those later picks in the first round can stu- still do well. And we drafted Kenny Pickett at 20th. Interestingly enough, that made the top 10 
um, in terms of the first four average yearly AV. Again, I appreciate that's a lot of numbers. But needless, as I said, needless to say, if you're a top 10 pick, there's no guarantee you're going to have a great um, AV over your first four years. And if you're the last person picked in the first round, you can still be, you know, um, contribute awesomely to your team and you can still make the top half of the draft across your average for, you know, AV for the four years of output. So in context, um, the number one overall pick has returned the most value to his franchise. It gets interesting, as I said, with the 13th overall pick coming in second and the 2022nd pick overall pick coming in last. The 13th pick has seen great success over this eight-year stretch with many players performing better than expected. Um, I'm quoting this from an article um, that put some of this together as well. Um, players drafted at 13 include stars like Aaron Donald, Laramie Tunsil, Sheldon Richardson, along with other underachievers like Michael Floyd and Christian Wilkins. The 2022nd pick has seen players produce far below expectations. We said that ranking um, last um, with five out of eight players selected basically getting an AV of less than 3.4. This includes Josh Doxon, Johnny Manziel, Brandon Whedon. The only players selected at 22 were overproduced were Bud Dupree, Steelers, Rashawn Evans, and Desmond Trufant. Um, the table basically shows that I just talked to you through there um, in terms of the different positions uh, that you know and what their averages were. That defensive end quarterback, offensive tackle, and wide receiver have yielded the most return in terms of yearly AV. Um, with offensive guard, safety, tight end, and center yielding the least return yearly. Now, that's interesting when you look at the players that I'm going to talk to in part two. What is consistent with drafting models is that defensive end or edge, quarterback, and offensive tackle are positions of extreme value in the first round. Well, again, we'll get to that when we talk about the Steelers' AVs, um, particularly averaged over their career. And the rate of wide receivers chosen early has increased too, so the 13 wide receivers that went in the first two rounds of the 2020 draft and 2021 draft are going to be really interesting to see how they stack up to this possibility. Okay, so that provides a bit of context of the positions, what those averages are, and I will repeat some of those again when we to contextualize how the Steelers, you know, rosters looking from this AV perspective. But you might be saying, okay, Matt, who's who's actually led at different positions or who's led at different places in the draft? So Jared Goff is the best performing between 2012 and 2019. And obviously there's two drafts to come, but given they've played less than um, two of the four years, it's hard to count them um, at the moment, obviously. I will talk about those picks for the Steelers though in part two. So Jared Goff is the best performing first round draft pick with an 11.25. Carson Wentz is the best one with a number two, um, the number two performing pick with an 8.75. Blake Bortles is the best number three pick with a 9.25. Ezekiel Elliott is the best number four pick with a 13. Devin White is the best pick um, for number five with a 13.07. Quinton Nelson is the best six-round pick um, with a 15.71. Josh Allen, the quarterback, is the best seventh-round pick with a 10.71. Christian McCaffrey is the best eighth-round pick. Luke Keekley at number nine. Um, Patrick Mahomes, number 10, no surprise there. Minka Fitzpatrick at number 11 um, was the best number 11 pick with 13.21 as his average. Deshaun Watson, um, and this was average was taken before last season, I think as well, based on the numbers that I've got. Deshaun Watson was a 12. Aaron Donald was a 15.75. Michael Brockers was a 7.5, so he was the 14th best. Melvin Gordon, the 15th best, um, so the best 15th um, draft player. 
Zach Martin was the best 16th drafted player. Then you've got CJ Mosley at 17, Marcus Peters 18, um, Leighton Van Der Esch at 19, Brandon Cooks 20. So I think that might change one day with Kenny Pickett. Uh, Chandler Jones, 21. Rashawn Evans at 22. Titus Howard, 23. DJ Moore at 24. Um, Marquise Brown was the best 25th um, round, first round, 20 players selected in the first round at 25. Montez Sweat, 26. Tredavious White, 27. Lankin Tomlinson, 28. Harrison Smith, 29. TJ Watt at 30. Um, and Travis Frederick, and then Lamar Jackson. Now, TJ Watt has a 12.5 here. That number, I can tell you, is higher um, when you look at what his average is already. So with that, we're going to wrap up part one of this week's Steelers War Room. In part two, I'm going to be able to tell you how the Steelers have gone in different positions, how they've gone in, the, in, the, in terms of their first and second round players and the AV average that players delivered in value. So join me for part two. I'm pretty excited to tell you how much value the Steelers are getting out of their top-ranked players. We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell. The host of the show likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. Before I get into part two, as always, if you're not listening to Behind the Steel Curtains Family Podcast, you're missing out. Pure and simple. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Stitcher, Anchor, and wherever you get your, your podcasts. Uh, we have live shows that go on YouTube before they're put on the audio side. There are nightly shows. Um, so that's like the Steelers Q&A on a Sunday night. Monday night, you've got the, the Hangover. Tuesday night, Scobo Show. Wednesday night, you've got the Curtain Call. Thursday night, the Preview. Friday night, you've got myself and Mark Davison on Steelers Touch Down Under. Uh, and then you also have um, Tony Duffio with Six Pack with Tony. So they're the YouTube shows at night. This is part of the afternoon lineup. In the, in the mornings, you've got uh, Jeff Hartman, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for Let's Ride. Um, you've got Steelers Stat Geek, I think it's the Thursday show. And um, the Tuesday show, I'm pretty sure, is the um, on off the cutting room floor. I think that's when that goes live. Um, so there you go. That's all That's all the shows. Um, if you like, from that perspective, uh, don't miss out. Behind the Curtain is your non-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So we talked a lot of numbers in part one, and I hope you've stayed with me. I really hope you have. In part two, we're going to talk about the players. It's going to be a bit easier to contextualize, and it's, you're going to be able to have something to go back to with your friends in the bar or to really look forward to as we go through, um, you know, training camp, look forward to the season, and, and you know, you'll be able to measure um, how, the, how these players are going at the end of the season, you know, in context as well. So let's start off with the Steelers. Best AV scored player right now on the roster that was drafted in the first or the second round. And that's TJ Watt. So he was drafted in 2017. Uh, as we know, he's the best 30th. Um, he's the best player drafted at 30th um, in the last decade, really. You can say that because I don't think there's anyone better in the league right now that was drafted at that number. He's got a total AV score of 65. Right. So again, in context, he's half of Big Ben's career. Big Ben paid 18 seasons. T 
TJ Watt has played five. Um, and he's got an AV average of 13 in that five. Now, if you look at an outside linebacker uh, across the first four years AV, the average is a 5.89, right? 5.89. Now, in fairness with TJ, if you take off the 15 that he had in 2021, believe it or not, that was his record-breaking sack year, but he had less forced fumbles. He had 18 in 2020. If you take off the 15, you get 50 and four, right? And that's the 12 and a half. So he's still double, double the average of a first-round draft pick outside linebacker. It's absolutely tremendous. Um, it's tremendous result from TJ Ward and what he produces. And to think he, you know, we know this, we know he could be the leading Steelers sack leader um, by the end of this season. Um, you know, the way he's performing at the moment to play like 10 years and call it a day and probably make the Hall of Fame um, at the rate that he's going, if he was able to have a similar five years um, going forward, it, it's tr- it's just tremendous um, what, he, what he's going to do. Um, from that perspective. And so for him, he's a massive outlier there. Um, that's no surprise. So I don't want to spend too much labor in that point, but to average 13 in five seasons is pretty ridiculous. And when you think about it, it was seven in 2011, 11 in 2018, 14 in 2019, 18 in 2020. So again, I think he should have got defensive player of the year that year. And then 15, 2021, it's absolutely tremendous. Um, if he can hover above 13, if he can continue a career at 13, even to just get 11 or 11 and a half, 12 will be a tremendous, tremendous career. Um, so that's TJ Watt. Terrell Edmonds. So this is the big one where everyone goes, oh, Terrell Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds. But the reality is, is that Terrell Edmonds is actually delivering in terms of a first round um, safety. He really is. Now, the average here uh, over the course of his career. Um, so. His is a 5.75. The average for a first-round draft pick safety over their first four years, 2012 to 2019, is 5.773. Terrell Edmonds has a 5.75. Uh, I rounded to, the, to only two decimal places, so it might even be closer. Now, he actually would be a 6. He actually would be a 6, and ahead of this number, apart from the fact he got a five in 2020. But in 2018 and in 2019 and in 2021, he, he definitely got a six all round. Now that's pretty crazy as well when you think about the fact that Mike Tomlin's always said his best ability has been his available, or, or players, sometimes players' best ability is their availability. That's definitely there with Terrell Edmonds. He played so many snaps um, you know, in his first year in the league at deep safety. Then he's played more in the box. He's a versatile player. you got to think, we've got a guy in for like $2.34 million I think his contract is this year. Didn't have to pay him a fifth-round tender, right? Didn't have to tender him for a fifth-year option. Got him at that price, and he's over-delivering for a first-round safety. Like, it's absolutely incredible, and we should be really happy with that. To think as well, Harrison Smith, who a lot of people think is a great strong safety, was drafted in at twenty nine. You know, Terrell Edmonds was drafted in at 28th overall, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, that's right, 28th overall. Harrison Smith, 6.5 average, right? And people would say, most people around this right now, apart from if he's older, would say he was a much better player than Terrell Edmonds, but he's not that much better. He's only half a point better over the first four years of, uh, of his career. Um, so, or half a full point, or let's call it 50 basis points, if you, if you like, from an interest rate perspective. That's pretty cool. Like 
Terrell Edmonds is a massive steal for this team. And if you've hated him up until now, if you think he's under-delivered and not been a first-round draft pick, fine. But he's technically delivered. Um, and the other thing about that safety position is you've got to think that free safeties get more interceptions, and that skews the result as well. So that's Terrell Edmonds. Najee Harris. Now, he's only one year in the league, so you've got to put context. But he has a 10 AB score. He's only played one season. Now, that's a good example because running back under this list from 2012 to 2019 uh, was a 5.922, so a 6. Now, you're going to have years when you do well and you're going to have years that you do do bad. When I talked about the top players, Ezekiel Elliott was the best fourth. um, He's he's been the best um, fourth-round pick with the highest AB ever. Um, You know, 25th was Marquise Brown with a 9.09. So it wasn't a running back, but it's obviously a lot higher than Najee Harris's, um, or it's a lot higher than the average there that you've got. But but the 25th pick um, overall has in the first in the first round of the draft has averaged a 5.377. So Najee Harris is depending on what metric you use, is almost double what he needs to be. And we're expecting to have a better year behind a better line. Um, so hopefully he can continue that number. A lot of that's probably also if you didn't have detraction numbers like fumbles. Um, but awesome for Najee Harris, he's setting himself up for some success and one of the better rookie seasons that the Steelers have had in a long time. Then we get to Devin Bush. Now, again, someone like Terrell Edmonds, not offered a fifth-year option. Inside linebacker averages a 5.857, according to this metric. That's the first four years based on a first-round pick, um, taking an inside linebacker um, between 2012 and 2019. Now, Rashawn Evans, we saw on the list, he was taken 22nd overall with a 7.5. So that's a notable inside linebacker. Devin White, 13.07. Um, taking the same draft as a Devin Bush. Um, when you look at where Devin Bush was taken as well, um, you know, he's a top 10 player. Um, top 10, the 10th round pick averages a 6.45 um, as well. And that was the 13th best ranked position in terms of average AV. Devin Bush has an 18 as a score, total AV score across his three seasons of 18. So seasons played three, average six. So he is actually ahead of the curve right now. That's right. Devin Bush is ahead of the curve. He had a down year last year, obviously, um, and that's disappointing from a de- from Devin Bush's perspective. We know he's disappointed in that. He has his career high AV was a nine in 2019. His career low was a three in 2020, where he only played five games, and then last year he came back and he got a six. So he went down six after being in, like not playing that much, and he had a, an interesting start to the year. Doubled that again, not quite the 2019 performance. If you can get an eight or a nine, he should warrant another contract from the Steelers. And then he'll be right on par um, for where he really needs to be. If you can get an eight, 26 over four, you know, he'll be, he'll be doing pretty well. Um, but, you know, we obviously, if you can get a 10 and really show out and beat that, or replicate what he did in his rookie year. And hopefully he can with Brian Flores coming in, a lot less pressure with Miles Jack coming in as well. Um, I think this is going to be good for him. But technically, he is ahead of the curve. So these Steelers are getting value from him. Then you get Minka Fitzpatrick, who the Steelers didn't draft in the first round. Um, we know he was the best uh, overall 11th round pick um, that's been drafted in the last decade as well. At safety, the averages, um, you know, five seven seven threes. we talked about there with Terrell Edmonds. Minka Fitzpatrick, as I say, as though he wasn't drafted, 
there by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was drafted by the Dolphins. We did spend a first round draft pick um, on him. So you can say, you know, he, he technically was. Um, and he's had an AV score of 40 in four seasons, an average of 10. So like Najee Harris, but he's done it over four years. It's the third highest number, um, the second highest number, sorry, of players that have played more than two seasons. Um, and it, it's a tremendous number uh, for him to get. Equal with Najee Harris, second overall, but Najee Harris has one year, as we just said. Minka's absolutely outstanding. Um, he is going to do awesome things in this league. We've signed him up for another five years. That's why. Like I, don't, I, don't, I can't really say much more about Lano Minka. But again, think about it in context. Taken in the same year of the draft, both taken first round, the Steelers have two safeties. And I mean, Terrell Edmonds, you know, you pretty much can say he's on par with the number. Two safeties that are on par with the average AV for first round picks of their position. And in Minka's case, almost double that, double that. Um, so again, and his numbers would have been higher if he didn't have to make all these tackles, basically playing a jump in linebacker role last year and could have been a bit more of a floater looking for fumbles and force fumbles, fumble recoveries and interceptions. Um, so yeah, incredible for Minka. Again, if he plays 12, 13 seasons, he's on Hall of Fame career pace right now. Tyson Alu-Alu. Um, now he's a guy we didn't draft in the first round. The Jags drafted him. He has a total AV score of 54. Um, he's played 12 seasons for a 4.5 average. Now he was injured for one. Um, and if you look at it from that perspective, he's had six, an AV of 16 while in pit over five seasons, but he was injured for one. So let's call it four. So that's an average of four. Um, he's the longest tenured player on this list. He's the only player that we've got on the list that's gone above six years. And so when you look at it, um, he was drafted two years before this average was created. Um, but defensive tackle had a 5.927. And this was over their first four years. And guys stumble and guys end up out of the league. Guys end up injured. The fact that I, I put Tyson in there for some context. And also the average of 4.5 over your career is actually pretty good. Like we need to get an, like we talk about getting a championship for, you know, Haywood and, um, you know, Minka in, in TJ, but particularly Haywood. We need to get one for Alawalu. Like, if you got, I think if the Steelers won a Super Bowl, Alawalu would, uh, you know, would, would press up there in terms of that average. Um, now, he's not the best, you know, he's probably, he's definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, but he's done pretty well in the league. He's probably not even, probably wouldn't make the Hall of Fame even with one Super Bowl, two maybe, uh, but he should be a Steelers Ring of Honor player if that's what he wants to be, um, or Hall of Honor player. 4.5 is tremendous, and I wanted to provide that for context. Um, I think the Steelers getting value out of a guy in his, in his last sort of five, six years of his career um, at, at an average of four at defensive tackle, nose tackle. I think that's great value, which is why he's on my list. Mitch Trubisky, drafted second overall by the Bears in round one. He has an average AV, he's an AV of 35, a total AV score over five seasons. Um, with an AV, so that gives him an average of seven. Now, quarterback's average is six. Um, over those first four years. He's played obviously longer than that. Um, but when you look at Mitch Trubisky, like that's a tremendous asset for the Steelers to go get in free agency and not to be paying like 20 mil a year uh, as well. When you really look at the value, um, he didn't have any AV in his fifth year. So you got to remember that as well because um, he didn't really he didn't play for Buffalo 
really. He had six completions for eight attempts, didn't, didn't score an AB. He had a seven in 2020, an eight in 2019, a 13 in 2018 when he took him to the playoffs and made the Pro Bowl, and seven in 2017. So, look, if you think he was, if you say he was starting last year, we go off low likely probability where he had sevens and eights. Let's say he had a seven last year, he'd have a 42 over five, which would be an eight. So he'd be way above the value there. Um, obviously, you've got that outlier season where they would made the playoffs and he made the Pro Bowl. But he's a great guy to be able to bring in. And the Steelers, you know, can get value from this guy, at least, um, you know, or expect to get value from him based on some of these numbers while Kenny Pickett develops. So that's it for the first rounders. For the second rounders, Miles Jack drafted 36 overall by the Jags in 2016. He has an average of 41 over six. Years. Um, so, sorry, he has an AV total score of 41 over six years, which is just below an average of seven. It's a 6.83. Now, an inside linebacker for the first round is a 5.85. We talked about Devin Bush being a six. So, Miles Jack is over delivered. De- Miles Jack has played, um, you know, a couple of extra seasons. He's played six seasons than Bush. Um, you know, so a couple more seasons committed Bush with six. Uh, you know, 6.83 is pretty incredible from a second round draft pick. And that shows if the Steelers can get an even a five out of him. I think that's a really good effort. Anthony Miller was drafted second um, in the second round as well. 59th overall, I believe it was. He's had an AV score of 13 over four. Obviously, we really didn't even see him in Pittsburgh last year. His AV average is a 3.25 um, over the course of his career. Obviously, that's very different from the 5.979 of a first-round wide receiver. Um, that draft, I don't think, if I recall correctly, wasn't really known for the wide receivers. Um, but if he can get that up to a four this year for the Steelers, provided he's – if and that's, that's assuming he's considered in a top four or five de- um, role on the depth chart at wide receiver, that'll be good value from the Steelers. But he's a guy that can do some things. Um, he's a guy that, you know, with that sort of thing, he can provide really good – if that's your fifth or sixth wide receiver particularly, 3.25 is pretty cool. Then you have James Daniels. Now, James Daniels has a 4.75 um, for his career to date so far in terms of average. He has 19 over four. He has had time off the field with injury, as we know. Um, he's also at the guard position, which under this average hasn't done particularly well. He had a season low, um, an a-, a career low, sorry, for AV of two when he only played five games in 2020. If you played all the games this season for the Steelers and he did all right, I think he'd get an eight or a nine. That would push him to almost 30, um, you know, over five, which is a much more respectable number of like six. The average for a first round offensive guard um, for their first four years in, you know, first round picks are 5.834. So he's about one basis point, if you like, behind, but he's not a first round draft pick. Secondly, he's been injured, um, you know, and if, and if you play that full season, I'm sure right now he'd probably have an average of, you know, at least above five, if not even almost 5.5, um, which would be pretty close. And that's a second round draft pick. Remember, he wasn't a first round draft pick. So it'll be exciting to see if the Steelers, over the, over the course of his contract, he can sort of hit that average that would make him fall him into line with a first round um, off take guard and their, and their career average over the four years for AV. Then the second penultimate, so the penultimate player on our list, second last player, Chase Claypool, drafted 49th overall. It was a Steelers' first pick in 2020 um, because we traded away for Minka Fitzpatrick. 
drafted um, and say four ninth overall. Um, Chase Claypool has 15 over two um, for a 7.5. Now that is ahead of first time wide receivers with a 5.979. So when we, Chase Claypool says he's a top three wide receiver in the league, yes, most of us laugh and debate that. But if he continue on this path of a 7.5, he's going to have a pretty healthy career at wide receiver. Um, so his challenge now, he had an eight and a seven. Um, so eight in, in his rookie year, seven in his second year. His challenge is now to get back to that eight or nine um, and start bumping that up and, and get an average of eight over the next few years. If he wants to be a top wide receiver, that's what he needs to deliver. Um, because when you look at some of the players that were in that, the list that I gave you guys um, earlier in the show, you know there are wide receivers there that are averaging nine, um, guys like a Marquise Brown. Um, so you know that's you know that, that that's what he's got to go for, plain and simple. Final player on my list is Patty Framuth. Patty Framuth, um, he had a four last year. He was taking the second round, pick number 55. Um, he's only played one year. He had a four. Uh, I think we all thought that Patty Framuth can get some more touchdowns. He's got more in him um, from that perspective. I think Patty Framuth as well is going to be more important in the offense this year. I think he's going to thrive. I think he's going to get like a seven or an eight or at a minimum um, as well. And if he can do that, he certainly will start bumping his number up. Now, he's a tight end. Tight end is the second worst um, or second lowest, I should say, um, be a bit more fair, AV average over the course of four years of a career for a tight end with a 5.543. So he's one and a half off that. Um, but I think really for him, the thing that has probably skewered him last year from a yardage perspective is he only had 497 total yards. Um, and so if he was in the six or 700, I'm sure that AV would have been more like a six. Um from that perspective, because he did have the seven TDs um, as well. So that's like the key thing to note um, with Pat Freemuth. But that's an exciting thing. Can he push? Because a lot of people said if he um, he could have been drafted in the first round, particularly if Kyle Pitts um, had not been, you know, in that draft uh, as well. He was a player that was some for some people. Um, the top traditional wide receiver in that draft. And now he's got a chance to prove it, but he's got a cool number he can go after and chase now. So in wrapping all this up, what does this mean? Well, I think it's pretty clear. You can see the Steelers are beating the averages when it, when it comes to AV, the approximate value valuation or the approximation value um, that's given to players via pro football reference. I'm really interested to see. I'm thinking about next week doing a bit of a segment um, depending on how how big it, it might even be a part of my whole show about doing these averages um, against the rest of the AFC North. I am interested in looking at those numbers anyway to be able to understand what that means in context with the season. Um, again, going to this season, it gives us an idea of where guys like George Pickens and Kenny Pickett need to target the first two guys in the draft. I'm also interested to see, to spend more time looking at our roster and see the value that we've gotten in context with the league at rounds three and below. Um, that's going to be an interesting sort of discussion, particularly because the Steelers haven't had multiple picks in, you know, the top four rounds um, year in, year out. So that's different. I think like the Ravens would be really good to investigate there. Uh, but as you can see, there's guys going into the second, third, fourth, and fifth years, um, you know, particularly talking about Minka fifth year, Anthony Miller fifth year, James Daniels fifth year, uh, Terrell Edmonds his fifth year to see if they can continue this average because now they're outside this cycle. Um, the other thing too is that the Steelers are getting obviously great value out of those second-year players. Almost four of those second-year players are beating the average 
Two definitely are. James Daniels is closer behind and Pat Freemuth can easily get there um, over the next couple of seasons. Can Najee Harris and Minka keep it up? That's a big, interesting point um, that we'll see over the next few years as well. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Warren. I'm Matty Peverell. As always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.